You know, sometimes what we always say here is you never leave it in the hands of the refs. Unfortunately, it went like that for some of the games here at Week 11 for ACC football. We'll talk about why sometimes being perfect still doesn't quite get you the W here on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. everybody welcome to today's edition of locked on acc i'm your host candace cooper joined by kenton gibbs of locked on Wolfpack. each and every day you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts make sure you download subscribe to the pod on our youtube page so you can interact with our community and make sure that you get to talk to us as frequently as you want to download the game time app create an account and use locked on college for 20 dollars off your first purchase we'll get more into that later on today's episode we're talking through week 11 for acc football it was an exciting time for a lot of our teams here wrapped up a lot of, you know, question marks for some. And, you know, here we are at the season tail end for others, but let's talk through week 11 because the refs seem to be a main point of discussion as we've had here on the show. We always say, don't leave it in the hands of them, but especially ACC refs could it, cause it can get dicey. Ken, how are you feeling on today's episode to start? First of all, folks, don't worry. Um, the board is coming back next week. There was just a very sentimental message on it. I didn't feel like erasing. But ACC refs, please, we're begging you. We're pleading. We're crying. For those of you who are listening and not reading, I'm currently holding up a sign that says ACC refs, get your redacted together. And it's written in a bunch of letters that won't get our clean ready removed. But please, we are begging. This is getting atrocious. I do not monologue on this show for a reason, because I want to have like a, a open dialogue amongst Candace, myself and the fans. But for Christ's sake, I'm going to pull this look up. And I, I just want y'all to tell me, y'all be the judge here of if I'm crazy or not. This doesn't look like a safety to y'all. This is the earliest time that the tackle could have actually started at. This is the earliest time, and the ball has to be fully breaking the plane of the end zone. This is from the Miami-Florida State game. And very clearly, I think that only the tip of the ball is out of the end zone. But mind you, by breaking the plane, that means all of the ball has to be out of the end zone when the tackle starts to me, this is the earliest that you could say definitive tackle has started. And Jordan Travis has the ball clearly in the end zone. He backed up into the end zone under his own will. And to not have a safety called here, I believe the game was tied at 13 all or 10 all or something along those lines. It's egregious. It's terrible. It's, it's just a, a complete nonsense moment where, you know, you're, you're kind of left scratching your head. And there were some other ones in the Duke UNC game. And mind you, this is helping out me and Candace's picks here. So these are teams that we've picked. And these this is a Florida State team that we've said needs to win, needs to stay undefeated if the ACC is to have a shot at national relevancy and getting into the playoff. And yet and still we find ourselves saying, hey, fair is fair, right is right, wrong is wrong. One of us is an alum of one of the schools that was on some the beneficial end of some of these calls. And we're still here saying, ACC refs, please, you're taking the game away from these players and it just ain't right. Ooh, okay. Where do you want to start? <laughs> I mean, listen, that, that's where I want to start it. That's where I want to finish it. I just I just think that there were multiple calls that were backbreaking, that were game-changing, all that. And for those of you who are looking for an illegal lineman downfield to be called on the um on the extra point attempt against Florida State, 
the ball was released when the lineman was at exactly three yards. In college, you get a three-yard cushion as opposed to one in the NFL. So there was nothing done wrong there. However, there were multiple other calls uh, that were a little, little questionable, a little questionable there. Um, so, again, this is ACC refs, please. We're begging you. You know what I mean? Like, I, we, this is – it's too much. It's too much. It's We have seen game after game after game that we keep telling these teams, don't let the refs have it in their hands. But re- the reality is these teams are not perfect. These are 18 to 22-year-olds. They can play it. The, the goal of the game is to do well enough to beat the opposition, not do well enough to beat the opposition and any other obstacles that come in your way that are added by external forces, i.e. the referees, anything like that. That just shouldn't be the case. Okay, great. I mean, this figure wrap the show up. I mean, listen, we got plenty of show left. We got plenty of show left because we still got to recap a lot of games, which I'm excited about if it wasn't for, you know, one person who I'm very high on and I should have rocked with ruining my week. I was almost perfect. I was all, I was right there on the precipice. Fair enough. Let's start with the Miami-Florida game. As we were mentioning, there are some ref issues for sure, and I think that's something where you want to be as perfect as possible because you know you're going up against a very formidable foe. That's what Miami did, played the damn near perfect game, just happened to play it in hostile territory and one where if you get 50-50 balls or 50-50 chances or something's close, tie goes to the people at home. I think that was an unfortunate situation for the Hurricanes. And while it is a moral victory, that you know, moral victories certainly don't help. And you have three in a row against your arch rival. It's just kind of hard to find some joy in that one um, when you know you have so much better you can give. Yeah, I don't think that there's moral victories against a rival, especially in year two under Crystal Ball. Like you had to win this game. You had to win this game in order to say, hey, we're, we are who we think we are and all that good stuff. And how serendipitous that this game ends in the Tyler Van Dyke interception. How, like, man, I, and, and to think, okay, he throws an interception, but what kind of interception was it? It was the most Tyler Van Dyke interception that Tyler Van Dyke could possibly throw. I talk and joke all the time about how he stares down Restrepo. Restrepo was open on an out route. Instead of throwing in rhythm to the out route, he holds the ball too long, tries to throw back across his body to the middle, we all know the rules. Don't throw across your body. Don't don't throw to the middle or late. And and you know he he broke both of them to ignore his main guy, who has been his roommate, his best friend, his everything. You know, and, and we hope that Mr. Williams, I believe Emory Williams is okay. It was a very nasty injury that he took there at the end of the game. But Florida State won this game. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want anybody saying, "Oh, Ken said the refs are the only." No, no, no. Florida State won this game outright. Keon Coleman. Is amazing. I mean, the, again, a brother is six four returning punts, but he's not just returning, but he's not just fielding them. He's he's a difference maker on special teams, on offense, everywhere he goes. He's been special. Jordan Travis as well. He had some of those moments where it was like, all right, now what are we doing here, Jordan? But he in in and of himself uh, was special as well here. So you know, this is a situation where at the end of the day, you give Miami their credit for showing up, playing hard, all that good stuff doing the best they can with a backup. You give Jacoby George his credit for being the most dominant receiver in this game because he showed up big time the entire game. But at the end of the day, Jordan Travis, Trey Benson, and company continue to roll on undefeated. 
Yeah, I think biggest credit should go to Trey Benson for sure with his two touchdowns of the day. But to me, it just really speaks to where Florida State is at as a program right now. They definitely have eyes on the prize. And you can tell that the camaraderie, the community, all that, you know, brotherhood type energy is certainly in Tallahassee to play them for each other. And it's 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 nice to see, again, for the sake of what we're trying to do here as a conference and get somebody in the college football playoffs. And we're on the right track and we're doing it outright and being undefeated. So we can't even, can't even argue the case down of why we shouldn't be there. So another one, you know, for the good guys. We'll keep it rolling on that front. So shout out to Florida State for that. We all pick them in terms of he said, she said, fan said. So one tally for the group. Another controversial game, of course, that people thought, well, at the end of the day, it shouldn't come down to double overtimes and all the things. And the last ACC game of the day certainly was one for the books. It was it required a little storm field advantage and all that fun stuff. We'll talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to remind you guys that you shouldn't have to worry about when you're buying tickets to the, your next big event. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. By again, by using create again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Kenta Gibbs. We're talking through the North Carolina Duke game, 47-45 victory for the Tar Heels. You know, per usual, North Carolina's defense went asleep at the wheel after having a double-digit lead. But somehow, some way, thanks to Drake May and some solid secondary defense, you pull out a win for the Blue Devils. Not Blue Devils, hell, the Tar Heels. Yeah, the, the Tar Heels are uh, – the Tar Heels did what they needed to do and this was this was a game in which again they you look at this and you say it was closer than it needed to be honestly you're looking at a duke team with a, what third string quarterback now um Lost. and 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 you're looking at a situation where you say you know what if we can put up 35 points on this team if we can put up 30 points on this team if we can put up really if we could race to 24 and beat this team there we should be able to win this game. But like you said, UNC's defense fell asleep at the wheel and that controversial interception catch deal that came up at the end of the game is, is something else that people are looking at and saying, oh, that that was a big determinant in this game and all that. It's just, it's just a shame. It really is a shame that, you know, a game that really is. This is what college football is about. Objectively speaking, this game, and I know a lot of NC State fans are going to be mad at me for saying this, but this game is what college football is about. It's a rivalry. It's homecoming. It's the traditions. It's the bell. It's all the things, all the things that make college football different from the NFL. You're looking at a, a third stringer, a true freshman, a guy who was slow dancing the prom a few months ago, and now he's thrust into the starting role. And he does well enough to get his team in a position to win the game. And, and you ended on, on that kind of note. It just, you know. I it, mean, hell, he didn't end it on that. He ended it by having a miscatch. So, like, that's how they ended it. If we're going to keep it. Well, yes. Up. Yes, that's that's fair. That's not the game-ending play. But one of the deciders in the game ended up being something like that. You know, you never really want to see that. But I did pick UNC. So, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm mad at it. No, I'm joking. We should get to officiate together. But, uh, yeah. He, again, Drake May is Drake May. He's going to do his thing. 
Tez Walker is as special as advertised. This offense is everything that they want to be plus some. The only problem is they're they're USC West, right? The offense is amazing. Star quarterback USC East. I'm sorry, USC East, not West. USC East. Their offense is amazing. Their uh, quarterback is going to do whatever he wants with the ball when he wants to do it. He can put it where he wants. He can run as much as he wants. He's amazing. He can do it all. But that defense, boy, I tell you, heads need to roll. But it seems like every single year we're saying heads need to roll for the UNC defense. And at a certain point, the guillotine needs to be resharpened. Like, it's just too many heads rolling. So, um, yeah, that's the reality of what we're looking at here. I honestly pray to the stars that be that Mac Brown takes it upon himself as much as he loves the kids, as much as you want to stick around and all that. It's time. I really feel like retirement is on the right on the rise. I think that we don't need to see any more Gene Chizik. I have never seen a softer defense in my entire life. Like pops. I heard one pop the entire night on defense. Mm-hmm. Wrap somebody up, hit somebody, let me hear it. Wrap somebody up in the backfield, sack somebody. How can you not sack a third string quarterback? It just frustrates me. I understand you have a great offensive line. I understand all the things, but it's just like they watch that. That Duke is not dumb. They watched that Virginia tape, and they ran several similar plays where they caught North Carolina sleeping at the wheel, and they paid for it, and they're rightfully so. Came down to a great, you know, shout out to special teams making your kicks. We all know how college football kickers can be very fickle, but it ended up coming up big in the end. And we all, we did pick UNC, both of us. Unfortunately, the fans picked Duke. I get it. I understand. North Carolina is not to be trusted. Definitely one for the good guys over here. Let's roll into the rest of our games. We started out with that Thursday night matchup between Louisville and Virginia. We talked about it last week a little bit on that Friday episode and how Louisville came in with the victory. We all chose Louisville to get that one. So phew, we can wipe and sweat our brows for that. But it was the other Commonwealth team that came out and said, we're going to do our big one to represent the set. The Hokies came into Chestnut Hill and dominated 48 to 22 against Boston College. We all picked Boston College. You know, the Hokies said, all right, don't worry about it. There was an ESPN and there was a college game day sort of, you know, ticker where you show who everyone picked. We definitely doubted y'all. And for that, we apologize. We were not familiar with your game. We were not familiar. In all fairness, though, in all fairness to us, you got one team on the five-game winning streak, one team that has not won a single road game all year, including against teams that are objectively not on the caliber or not playing well at all or going to be bowl eligible. And then you look at them going into an, an environment where a team is bowl eligible, got a little bit of buzz behind them. Lord knows Boston College fans are waiting for basketball season, so they're going to show up, or at least they should. And, um, you know, BC just did not show up. The, the actual football team did not show up. They didn't. You know, they decided to stay at the hotel or something. Because I'll tell you what, uh, Virginia Tech got up in their behind and acted a donkey. That one was ugly from start to finish. I mean – you know, like I like I talk about a lot with Kyron Jones, he does it all, but Tootin compliments him so well. They, he's always going to be there, be his right-hand man, and, uh, and, you know, his partner in crime to make things kind of go well and go smoothly for that offense. And on top of that, their defense. We've talked about the Hokies' defense again and again and again in terms of these guys keep showing up, they keep getting better. They keep showing up, they keep getting better. But really and truly, is there an argument to be made that they have it? And, and I mean that from the most genuine standpoint. I don't think that there is a serious argument that one could make to say, hey, Virginia Tech has not gotten better throughout the year. They have not 
uh, shown game in, game out that they're going to improve based on this. I, I truly don't see it. If you look at what they've been doing all year, they start off the season extremely rough, getting a mud hole stumped in them by everybody. And then next thing you know, all of a sudden, they go from allowing 35 to Rutgers to holding uh, Louisville or to holding Syracuse and Wake Forest to 13 and then Boston College to 22. But mind you, they put up darn near a 50-burger in this game. So, you know, amazing. You know, I know Coach Norvell is definitely going to win ACC Coach of the Year, but if you were to make a case, an argument for someone who definitely should get some votes, I would argue that Coach Price should need a couple. Right. There's nothing about Virginia Tech on paper that made you say they could win one to two, three games. And the fact that they are getting close to bowl eligibility, if not already there, um, one more till that. I think it just very much speaks to where he's trying to take the program and bring them back to. So, you know, if I were to give a coach of the year based on just conference play, based on just what we thought and what ended up being, I certainly would put Coach Prize's name in that running. Well, the fun thing about Virginia Tech is that they're one in, they were one and three out of conference. They're four and two so far in conference, tied yeah. for the third best conference record behind only Florida State and Louisville. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's surprising and amazing to me, but more power to them. Yeah, 100%. Let's talk about another team that pretty much everyone saw coming, Clemson. Mm-hmm. Beat Georgia Tech pretty handedly, 42 to 21. It was – you know, Clemson of old, one that we aren't surprised should be here, but still nice to see them solidify that win. Haynes King got bullied by a bunch of freshmen like an eighth grader out there. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It was just like every time you looked up, another freshman defensive back from Clemson was coming down with an interception. And if I got to hear Lewis Riddick say one more time, buy stock in Clemson right now, I'm a loser. I'm a loser. Because he talked about the future is bright over there. The future is great. And, and he was right. Again, these these young guys were making plays. They were out there balling. I will repeat the uh, Kevin Garnett quote if it wasn't going to get our clean rate pulled. But the young guys were doing it. They were absolutely showing up. So more power to them. Offensively, Phil Maffa and and Shipley did what they do. Brennick Stool made some appearances as well. Kay Klubnick, you know, they said that when he's, when he's bad, he's terrible. But when he's good, he's elite. I don't. I wouldn't take it that far. I think when he's good, he's good, and he was really good in this game. Um, you know, not too much else to say there other than you know, hey, the, the Clemson did their thing, and Georgia Tech, please keep the ball. You know, turnovers are going to kill you every time, buddy. Every time, and we all did happen to pick Clemson out of Week Eleven, and we'll talk about you know just the other sort of statistics that we have here as we're finishing out our he said she said fan said conversation. But we spend a lot of time talking together. You and I get we get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. I'm thankful for that connection that we have. And today I want to chat chat to be a little bit more personal. I just learned that you can get a one year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means. Bring on extended travel, bring on the natural disaster or supply chain issue, bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or Revatio prescription. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now, jacemedical.com to receive 12 months supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code locked on at checkout or a discount as well. A verified customer definitely can confirm that if you or someone you love will get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. 
Remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. We're talking through week 11. North Carolina State and Wake Forest was a great one here. North Carolina State has had some trouble in Winston-Salem, but that was not the case. Wake Forest had your coach apologizing to your fans for coming out, sitting in the cold, watching that craziness, and said he had to reflect and really take an introspective look at the program after a loss such as this. It's pretty crazy that it got to that. You know, I don't know uh, what he's apologizing after this game for. Like, with all due respect, there have been multiple games this season where it's like, this was a rough one. This wasn't the best of times here. But I think but I, because it's a rivalry, because, you know, you're used to some sort of hype, and because it has been such a close matchup for the past couple of years, I see why you say, hey, I didn't get my team ready or excited or motivated or give you something worth watching. That's fair. That's fair. And I guess you can also take into account the the way that the game kind of got started. I mean, the reality is 21 zip at halftime, right? Like, you know, where I'm from, that means you pass the sticks. You get down 21 points. All right, that's it. You're done. Next person in. Sure. Uh, but the reality is, you know, this is an NC State team that rallied around Brendan Armstrong and, and this running game found a way this week, which was very surprising because this is an NC State team that couldn't run the ball on the peewee uh, team to begin the season. And now all of a sudden they're getting physical and taking it to one of the better defenses in the conference in Wake Forest because say what you want about that offense. Their defense is physical. They fly around and they get to quarterbacks. They affect uh, passing games and all that good stuff. And so, you know, to see that NC State racked up, I want to say a season high in terms of against in-conference opponents with 268 rushing yards, man, that's uh, that's that's a, a just a great win by NC State. And, um, you know, it's, it's what people like to call a program win to some extent because this virtually seals them being at an eight-win team this year. And, you know – I've, I've talked a lot about how most schools, eight wins a year, they'll build you a statue. And with all due respect, NC State is one of those schools. Eight wins, that'll, that'll get you a statue, and, and Dave Dorn has done that. Florida State, I mean, sorry, Wake Forest was a pick by me. Got a little excited, wanted to shake things up. It's fine, I can hold my L. North Carolina State did this big one, and Kenton the fans certainly thought so, so lives to see another day. And we move. Let's talk about Syracuse and Pitt. Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Like you had mentioned, play with a little more desperation. You play like a yeah. team that wants to be here, knows that you're defending home, knows that you still have a lot ahead in front of you, and knows that there's a bowl game in sight. This pit team is just terrible. I wish I could find something good and redeeming qualities of, but the fact that you got Molly Watt by a Syracuse team, that tells you all you need to know. Um, let me quote the uh, Grinch here. This team, this pit team, stink, stank, stunk. <laughs> to to have a situation where you not only let this uh, let this Syracuse team come back on you, but you let them dominate you in the second half. You let this team absolutely roll all over you in the second half. And not only that, not only that, the part that I think really needs to be talked about, Dan Valari. Dan Valari. For those of you who did not watch this game, Dan Valari is a tight end for Syracuse. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Dan Valari did in this game, Miss Cooper? He did his big one 17 rushes for 154 yards and a touchdown. What are we doing here? <laughs> what are we really doing here? Like, 
And, and, and I don't even mean this from like a jovial or joking standpoint. This game was beyond nonsensical, beyond nonsensical. Mm-hmm. Because Dan Valari was also Syracuse's leading passer with three completions for 12 yards. You lost, you lost by double digits to a team that went four of eight through the air. You let <laughs> Dan Valari go off for 154. You yeah. let LaQuint Allen go off for 102. And Garrett Schrader was four yards away from getting 100 yards himself. If Dino was petty, Garrett would have had 100 yards. And he's just trying to get out with a W at this point. He was just, he was just trying to get out with a W. That's a good man, Savannah. That's a good man. Because if it was me, oh, I would have. Well, he's been there. Run. He's been there. He understands the other side of it. And he did they show him getting, mercy? Did they, they did show it. him mercy? They, they ain't did. not nary a soul show Dino no mercy. If I was Dino, I would have said, Gary, get your behind back in there. We running quarterback power back to back, baby. We're going to get you your four yards. But I digress. The pit, this is just pitiful, man. And, and no pun intended. No pun intended. But this is just a pitiful showing. I, we this ain't is, seen Peninsula P in since week three. Listen, we. It, I wouldn't be seen if I was him either. <laughs> I wouldn't be seen. I wouldn't show up till somebody from Pitt show up. To have a Pitt defense get bullied like this, bullied. We've seen Pitt defenses where they get a little over aggressive. You hit them with some double moves. You you know, defensive backs from Pitt always going to be a little grabby. You get a couple PIs, whatever the case is going to be. To see a Pitt team and their front seven just get punched in the mouth again and again and again. And Syracuse said, hey, we're going to run the ball. Yeah, I can't stop it. Yeah, I can't stop it. So what are you going to do? Garrett Schrader is going to be our leading receiver. What are y'all going to do about it? Yeah. I knew that they receiving room took a hit when Aronde Gaston went down, but for Christ's sake, Garrett Schrader, your lead receiver, and you win a conference game? Pitch, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Ought to be ashamed. And what's even more shameful is the fact that the fans picked Pitt. You know, I don't know what y'all saw, but I, we didn't see that. Like I said, Dino was going to be coaching for his life, and Coach Narduzzi is like, hey, man, I just won him a, a championship a couple years ago. I'm good. I'm, I got at least one mulligan year. We can punt this year away, and we'll be all right going into next year. Thousand percent. But so that, this is just disappointing. 100%. That wraps up our Week 11 conversation. I don't know, Kenton, if you want to put up the graphic to let Absolutely. people know where we stand here as a, as a group. Absolutely. At the moment, friends, we are getting the race. The pressure is getting worse. Right now, we have uh, Candace. Went five and two this week. The fans went four and three this week. This graphic is a little incorrect. Apologies. <laughs> and I went six and one this week. Uh-huh. But the overall tally is, boy, I'll tell you what, this thing is, whew, this race is going to be closer than a, uh, I'm, I'm telling you. Are we, this doing, the, are we be- doing this race at regular season only? Are we going into ball games? I mean, it's up to you. We can do bowl games. We can include bowl games if you like. Nah, right. F it. We're going to do just regular season conference play. All right. Well, you know what? Let's restart it for bowl season okay. to give everybody a clean slate. Because okay. I, I think, there you go. know, at a certain point. Redeem you, themselves. Be, exactly. We're going to redeem yourself during the bowl season. We're going to okay. do a festive holiday edition where we get little, little ornaments all over the graphic and whatnot. But anyway, yeah. uh, with that being said, right now we are looking at Myself currently in the lead at 71 and 23. The fans in second at 68 and 26. And Candace 
is now only one game back of the fans at 67 and 27 after a very uh, odd start, to say the least. Candace is pulling odd right back start. Up. That's yeah, crazy. It, was it wasn't rough. I just, you know, I had a little more faith in those who turned the things around. And look how they're turning it around. Like Sean Mitchell said, you're turning around for me. Amen. All right. Either way it goes, it's not over till it's over. We still got a couple more games to play. I just, I feel like my picks are going to get better and better. Do we have picks for next week for week 12 up yet? Yes. The week 12 is already up. I promise you all week 12 is up. I have gone to, I've gone online and verified with my own two eyes that week 12 picks are up. So if you want to make your picks and here's the interesting thing about the picks, by the way, for those of you who are listening and think your vote doesn't count, the end tally of votes for the UNC Duke game actually ended up in UNC's favor. But because some people did not vote until after the voting was closed, when we recorded, when we recorded the episode, the fans ended up taking a loss when y'all actually predicted right. So get, get your vote in, make your mm-hmm. voice count. Okay. We don't have an electoral college here. This is a direct democracy, baby. If you vote for a team, your vote is going to count one vote for one vote. Okay. Yeah. Florida well, State voters don't count dividend Syracuse voters. Syracuse voters don't count no dividend Pitt voters. Peninsula P don't count dividend Slantana. Everybody got the same. Carla don't count no different from uh, LaRoyal, as you like to call them. That don't nobody count different here. Everybody counts exactly the same. That was a great long breath. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to get hype for your women's college basketball upsetting the number two team in the country. Go. I mean, you know, <laughs> Sanaya Rivers showing out like the Naismith player of the year potential. I said she would be coming into the season on top of that Westmore Giant Slayer. And um, UConn, how did it feel to play at a neutral uh, site game in this one, right? Because, like, we could just call anything neutral sites as apparently Connecticut is neutral site for Connecticut. But, um, you know, it makes you wonder if it actually was a neutral site game in the tournament a couple of years ago, what would have went down? But – you know, the uh, the the rearview window is smart in the windshield for a reason. Come this on. This state team has big things in front of them. I stole that from that uh, country. Jelly State Roll. Jelly Come By on. Way, we, we love us some Jelly Roll. He used to roll 3-6 Mafia. Now he's doing country music. Good for him. But with that being said, shout out to the women of the Wolfpack. Way to go. Wonderful. Guys, come back tomorrow. We'll have our power rankings. I feel like they'll be pretty even, but Boston College are definitely taking a dip because you deserve it. All of that on tomorrow's show for Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs. Until next time.